Hi, welcome to The Church Split, and welcome to part two of our rebuttal of Pastor Nathan Rager. We are realizing that we are very long-winded for dealing with the first, like, 15 minutes, not even, of his podcast. So we're going to try to get through this as fast as possible, but we also want to give it proper attention. Now, the reason why is because that we have to be so long-winded is because there, you and I were talking about how difficult this is. What makes it difficult is, one, I do like to be charitable. I really do like to unify the body of Christ, uh, but I do also, I'm, I'm very argumentative, and I do love debate, so does Brian, which is why we do this. Yep. <laughs> uh, one of the things is with us is the fact that we do enjoy that. I think we're more willing to put ourselves out there like this than other people are. Um, maybe not everybody. I, I think there's plenty that do, but you get my point. But what makes us hard is that he makes so many claims in such a short period of time. And, he, and he, he just takes one little thing and he runs with it so far that you have to address so much properly and give it the proper light of day to show the fact that it doesn't stand up at all. So uh, what he says in five seconds, because of how absurd and outlandish it is, it requires us to be able to take that full bore and pick it apart. But I think that's why a lot of you are here. I think a lot of you guys come to the church split because you know that's how we are. I think you guys, uh, many of you guys who are, have heard of Nathan Rager are here because you want to hear us kind of mince it apart. Uh, but I hope it's fun for you. If not, then now it's something to grab some popcorn and engage and have a great time uh, laughing with us on some of the things and face palming yourself into the table on others. But also, I hope this shows you uh, in all seriousness, all joking aside, I hope this shows you that you can actually rebuke people. We are told to rebuke false teachers. And if you are saying that certain things are of God's standard when they're not, you're a false teacher. Mm-hmm. And so therefore you're a false prophet. And, you know, as he, the, his own very words are, it's very Jezebel of you. Um, you know, he talks about the horror of Babylon and stuff. And it's like, well, yeah, but you're teaching superficial things that aren't of God. So yes, we have to rebuke you. I, as a pastor and as a Christian, as a deacon, we have to rebuke uh, false teaching. So I don't want you guys to think that we're just doing this to be a bully. I want you guys to know the fact that no, oh, we take this pretty seriously. We've attacked progressive Christianity so much on this channel. I felt it was time to show the fact that there's a pendulum swing. And we actually hear them mention that. Like they're talking about all their, the CCM stuff and how they don't like it. So instead of being a, a biblically objective on it, the things they don't like, they just ran with it the other direction and did the pendulum swing, which lands you in just as erroneous of a camp. Uh, so anyway, anything? I was just saying it's just a lot of their feelings on the matters, and we're not really not really bringing a lot of Bible. And when they do bring in Bible, it's out of context and and it's a translation issue, or they're just misappropriating a part of Scripture for their opinion. And exactly. We, we all hate cherry, people that cherry-pick verses, um, and we should all want to be corrected if we are doing such. So, anyways, we'll get right back into it. But uh, he was wearing skinny jeans behind a fiberglass pulpit, and he's like, my size. I mean, I kid you not, this fellow, he looks like a lollipop. Uh, nah, that's, <laughs> that's weird. It's very um, weird, very obscene. That's yeah, a little, little strange. I shouldn't be a big I dude wearing skinny jeans. But to be fair, that's not biblical. That's preferential. Like, purely. Where, like, when did they make the decision to buy these clothes? Who cares? Like, why did they make Same time any must do. Why? And the only thing you can, you can come up with is they want to be more worldly. Right. Like, they want to not. That's that's the only thing you can come up with. That's it. To the point where they can't feel like they can connect with them. So since everyone's wearing skinny jeans, he'll wear skinny jeans too, and they'll all connect better. A lot. A and lot the better. most disturbing thing is. Okay, hold up. 
hold up, wait a minute. So their accusation is that the church congregation is worldly, so the pastor wants to be worldly like the church congregation. Or it could be that people are just engaging in cultural styles and have nothing to do with being worldly as much as just that's what they like. And I'm sorry, but if there isn't a Bible verse against it, we're, we're in the realm of Christian liberty. Yeah, and again, this goes into like, okay, so the only, why do they buy these things? Well, the only thing you can consider is that they want to be worldly. No, I bought the jeans I bought because they match what I like to wear. It has nothing to do with being worldly. It's just, oh, this is my style. In fact, my style, my clothing style is actually, you know this, very different compared to a lot of dudes. Um, I, yeah, I wear bright colors and stuff like that. And it's kind of a running gag. I have really bright colored socks and it's like a thing I wear all the time. Hey, I have your face on some socks. Those are great socks. <laughs> Christmas gift. Uh, but that might be a little bit of prideful thing for me. <laughs> <laughs> that you're, that you're my socks. That my face is on your socks. Yeah, but it's on a lot of our socks. Stacy got it for everybody. That was hilarious. But anyway, so the thing is, is also we're saying, oh yeah, he's dressing like this because he wants to be like his congregation. Are you joking? Do you know how many pastors don't like? Again, there are so many pastors out there, and there's so many people in your congregation. We say oh, your entire congregation dresses this way. No, no. A portion of your young people might dress that way, and an even smaller portion of your middle-aged people might dress that way. And I'll keep all, probably exclusively none of your older people dress that way. So to sit there and just broad brush, and that's the problem with uh, IFBs in general, and this whole and progressive Christians do the same thing, where they go, all conservative Christians are like this. Well, they're doing the same thing. Well, all CCM churches, all contemporary churches that are at all uh, different than us are like this. Uh, it, their entire congregation must be this way as well. It's stupid. It's foolish. It's erroneous. It's bearing false witness against your neighbor, and that is bad, and you should feel bad. They mentioned Trump in their episode, too, and they kind of been a little bit tongue-in-cheek about it, but I think they're Trump supporters, and I think they'd be upset if someone said, you know, all Trump supporters are racist, or all Trump supporters um, are crazy, or all Trump supporters... Are sexist, racist, bigoted, homophobes. Exactly. Like, all the things you see on the news. Like, I'm sure they would be like, God, why are you generalizing? you got to judge the individual, not not judge the collective. And like, here, you're doing the same thing. Exactly. And he is a Trump supporter. He wears a MAGA hat in all of his videos. Yes, he does. <laughs> there you go. A lot of the people, and independent fundamental Baptists have figured this out, a lot of the young people, particularly coming to church on bus ministry, poor kids, are people who need a strong male role model. And, and I'll tell you this, like uh, just about any employer who's not just a complete and total reprobate is going to, if some man in his 30s, 40s, 50s, and 60s walked in dressed like a Calvin Klein catalog or a Gap catalog threw up on him, like they would just be like, okay, uh, you get out of here and don't talk to any kids on the way out. But like for some reason, if the same freak slaps the word pastor in front of his name, all yeah. of a sudden they want to expose their teenagers to this dork. Okay, so we do have the Gap catalog. <laughs> yeah. You cannot look like a Gap catalog. Behold. Behold. Oh. That's from the Gap Catalog, 2010. Now, maybe we're calling that old time. I don't know. But um, I just picked a year for the Gap Catalog, and there you go. A collared shirt with double breast pockets. Oh, no. Oh, but you see, it's a gray, and you're allowed to have gray in the stripes. So you can have gray in stripes, but you can't have plain gray. And it's okay to have white stitching, but just not on gray. Otherwise, it's worldly. Can we just see again how arbitrary the standard is? I'm sorry, it's just it's laughable and it's actually pathetic. I feel a little bit mad about making some of these graphics and these comparisons, but 
I don't know of a better way to show this off. And those that are listening on audio, please do watch the video too because we are putting graphics up that are showing the actual hypocrisy they're doing. If you looked at our first episode on this, we showed how their podcast logo was literally a ripoff of the WCW, which is a wrestling federation, now debunked organization, logo. They literally stole it. And they're saying that the logo is, uh, uh, that is used by churches is showing that they are desired to be worldly because it was also a logo from some worldly thing that they've classified as worldly. But they literally did the same thing. So here we are again. They're saying, oh, they're deriding the Gap catalog because someone has clothes that looks like the Gap. But they're literally wearing clothes that look like the Gap. Yeah. Also, this whole thing... Um I wanted to point out as well, like, he's like, oh, well, an overweight person shouldn't be wearing skinny jeans. You know, again, I, like I said, I mean, I don't think you look good in skinny jeans if you're a big person, but that's my preference. It's not really something I can point to a Bible verse and be like, you are wrong. And then he says that if, unless this employer is a total reprobate, they will tell you not to even show up if you dress that way. Um, no. In fact, as a managers, managers at our jobs where we hire people, I don't care. As long as you come in dress respectable, which means not holes in your pants, uh, you know, because uh, I'm looking for a professional dress at my job, probably even more so at yours. It's like, no, I, but at the same time, I just want to know, are you qualified for the position? Are you a hard worker? Are you dependable? Can you be on time? What experience means that you should get this job? That's what I care about. If you walk in with skinny jeans or boot cut jeans, I don't care. You can have jeans, you can have a suit on, uh, you can have a tie, no tie, bow tie, a skinny tie, I don't care, as long as you're showing that you're putting effort in looking like you care about the job. Well, I think we, there's always a tendency, even in, in secular circles, to attribute motive, attribute a personality, attribute anything you want to how someone chooses their clothing. And sometimes you might be accurate and sometimes you might not be. And I think it's just, again, it's a subjective standard you're applying also, they're talking about skinny jeans a lot, but are, I wonder what their ideal would be of like inner city cultures where they look, wear you know larger size jeans. They're not attacking that at all. So I just find it really funny that skinny jeans is the thing they want to harp on. Meanwhile, it's like, well, yeah, there's plenty of people who wear loose cut jeans too in churches and out of churches. In fact, most churches I've been to, very few of them actually wear like whatever. I just denim so not worldly. Stupid. I don't know. Denim's kind of a newer thing. Is that not worldly? I... Yeah, like that. Yeah. Plenty of worldly people wear jeans. Do you wear jeans? Plenty of worldly people have worn suits in the past. Or a ask Al Capone how his suits were. <laughs> Does that make you like? I, I, we could go on this forever. <laughs> moving on. Moving on. You guys see the hypocrisy. There's such a thing as gender dysphoria or uh, all these. Also, all if we're, the congregation is There's not to be. If you're the pastor, not supposed to be like the, the congregation. Then why does Paul say to be like the Greeks? Illness. That you cannot let these people around because they're dangerous. That's yeah, that, that's, that's a weird one, the age dysphoria. That is really, I've seen some disgusting, disturbing things on YouTube, documentaries of people that actually have this issue. Skinny jeans is an age dysphoria. Uh, I've seen grown adults having to wear diapers and act like babies. Yeah, there's some crazy people. I've also known IFB preachers who have raped children. What's your point? Does that mean that we paint with that broad of a brush? Yeah, can we just see how fast this conversation pivoted? We were just talking about genes and gap, and now we're talking about age dysphoria <laughs> yeah suddenly it turns into oh well yeah these people are just trying to be young because they don't know they, they have age dysphoria <laughs> what like no just because somebody dresses a certain way doesn't mean they have some sort of dysphoria also again like i said i have seen uh, jack scop 
having sex with an underage girl. Uh, guess what? That suddenly, what, I was I over here like, oh, all, all IFB pastors, they abuse their power to control underage girls. Because why? Well, there's a bunch of incidences <laughs> that the preacher boys do a good job at showing where all these horrible things have happened. Does that mean I paint with that broad of a brush, or am I allowed to give the, your intentions uh, the benefit of the doubt here? I don't do that to you, uh, so don't do that to them or me. It's it's foolishness and it's arbitrary again, subjective, and it's just, this is this is. This is the Rager Church of Second Opinions. This is not a Bible church. It's not even a Baptist church. You're, this isn't Baptist distinctives. I know Baptist distinctives because guess what? I actually went to Bible college where I learned them. You know, it was sure, maybe he went to a Baptist college. But again, one of the Baptist distinctives is individual soul liberty, which is if, if it's an area that God doesn't speak about, you have liberty to do so. Meanwhile, God... You're saying that you can't do those things, so you're not respect. I say this all the time. IFB people, they're not like standard Baptists. They're not. They're not part of the normal Baptists. They believe in individual soul liberty. They just prefer that you don't use it, and by prefer, they mean that they will call you a reprobate if you don't. Ouch. <laughs> I'm not saying you have to condemn these people and, and say like, you know what, they're just going to hell. Just like, like, just kill them off, like get rid of them. No, no, no. that's don't. not what we're saying. It, no, it's not we want them. We want them to get right with God. In fact, and I by would that you like mean agree with you. A, uh, a recovery <laughs> ministry for people to come out of evangelicalism and like grow and grow up and wear big boy britches. Ooh, I see what you did there. Ooh, recovery. Did you catch that? Oh, oh, interesting. You're trying to ride the wave of more successful people. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, let's just admit, RFP does have a really good name. <laughs> yeah, they got a great name. It's like a double entendre. You're recovering fundamentalism, but you're also recovering from fundamental. It's, it's a good name. It's a good name. And they're good guys. They're great guys. So, uh, and also, uh, if you want to get people to recover from evangelicism, maybe you shouldn't be teaching legalism and things that are extra biblical. You're over there going, oh, God, uh, I believe in your law and I believe in your book. But I think you missed a few things, so I'm going to add some things to it. Well, it really comes down to the point of our channel, right? It's all about unifying through truth. If you want to um, recover someone or reform something from a wrong thinking, you give them truth. You don't give them your opinion because everyone has opinions. If you want to give them truth, show them the Bible verse in context, proper exegesis, and show them as a brother in Christ where they need to reform. And that's a powerful message. And I've I've changed my beliefs on many things because of something happening Same. just like that. Uh, I mean, again, if we're talking about preferences, what I could... And notice, I want you guys to notice this as well. He makes claims, but he does not bring forth evidence or good interpretations or any way, shape, or form of something that is substantive. It's a claim. And I could just as easily say that there are evil people in the world who wear ball caps. Ball caps are evil, therefore, because... Evil people have worn ball caps. They're, so I could just be like, if you wear a ball cap, you're like a reprobate professional MLB player who's over there doing cocaine with strippers. Like I could say the same absurd thing, but it's got no backing. It's not truthful. And it would be a false equivalency on every level. And that's exactly what we're seeing here with Rager. And you're not bringing anyone to Christ with some kind of accusation like that. No one's going, oh man, I... I I guess I was wearing that ball cap wrong. You're right. I'm a reprobate. It's, it's no, no. That's, like, I now got to repent of all my sins and I'm saved. God is this perfect balance of justice and love. 
that's how you got to show that as a Christian. And the justice is based on his law. It's based on his goodness. And the gospel is based on his goodness and our sinfulness. And the, the sins we commit are things that are explicitly in scripture that God, God is not the author of confusion to use the King James terminology there. He's not the author of confusion. Thereby, he cannot sit there and create new laws that are in his word. He is bound by his own word. So you extrapolating from that and, and running with it into the sunset. Actually, it's not even you're running. You have like crossed the line, jumped over the fence, ran into the sunset and off the border of the flat earth. I don't know. <laughs> Here we are. I'm sorry. This is getting absurd. Right. Continue. This is why we don't get anywhere. I know. Right. Right. So we could even like have altar calls where people bring their skinny jeans. Yeah, they don't condemn them, but they call like it wicked. Sacrifice, not to God, because, you know, God doesn't want, like, the trash being burned to sacrifice Wait, to him. God doesn't want sacrifices? But, I mean, and then we take them to the Salvation Army, where they could buy, like, old men clothes, and they could actually look their age, and they could probably even get a real job. You know, so when they're disqualified from the ministry, they don't right. have to, like, want, you know, violate the Bible and make all kinds of new reasons. They just... Where's your violation of the Bible, son? Wait a minute. Did you hear what you just said? You said flaunt the Bible, making new reasons. Does that sound familiar to anyone watching what we're watching right now? Exactly. This is painful. I'm actually literally losing brain cells as we speak. Um, he also is getting a, getting a real job. Isn't that worldly? Uh, also, dress like a normal human being. That also sounds pretty cultural to me. He's like, dress like a normal human being. It's like, that's also, this is all cultural. What's normal now is was not normal a hundred years ago. A hundred years before that, they're all changing. It's it, it's supposed to be normal or not. I don't know. Are we aiming for cultural norms or are we running from them? Are we trying to be worldly or are we are we not? I I don't know where the line is. Well, Brian, it's because the line is what they think and feel. It is. It's their opinions that are God. See, that's the thing. Is IFB? I'm just going to say it. They worship. It's the God of self, just like progressive Christianity. Whatever for the progressive Christians make them feel good and they prefer must be of God. Therefore, uh, LGBT and all these things are okay because it makes me feel good. And I think God wants me to feel good. Over here, it's the same exact thing, just with more of an angry, harsh spirit where it's like, no, I want to feel good. This makes, this makes me feel powerful. This makes me feel relevant. This makes me feel like I'm in control. It's the exact same thing. It's, it's one, one coin, two different sides. Let's go get a job where, and dress like a normal human being. Yeah, um, I can actually point these people to a good place to buy their clothes. It's called Duluth Trading Co. online. I mean, it might be a little expensive. You can go to Carhartt or something like that. I thought, I thought it was wrong to buy expensive clothes. Okay. Duluth. <laughs> Duluth Trading Co. Oh, goodness. <laughs> Funny for, from these guys saying that you should shop at Duluth. Now, I got no problem with Duluth. I got some of their underwear, and it's super comfortable. But the thing is with Duluth is that there are some things on here that they don't agree with. Brian, shall we pull it up, and we'll just kind of scroll here with everybody? Yeah, so here's Duluth Trading's website. and uh, That's a dude in his underwear right there. Isn't that showing the thigh? Yeah, here, check this out. Oh, my gosh. A, a buck naked line or naked. I don't know how to say it exactly how he says it, but... Um, this is this is definitely showing some thigh. Ooh, oh, that's nakedness. Um, anyways, just look at their website. There, <laughs> this is where they're telling people to go shop because this is this is not worldly. I, I don't know. And if you actually read the descriptions of their males men's underwear line, it's actually what like they're known for is their men's underwear line. That's a big thing at Duluth, and we have one actually nearby. And it's funny because they make constant jokes about male genitalia. 
It is constant jokes, like in their things about, you know, keeping the boys cool, things along that nature, like just constant talking about uh, talking about that. Also, um, are those orange pants? Is that considered bright? Yeah, I don't know. Here's, I think, jeans. Uh, I want to point this out specifically because this is my favorite part. Um, these are skinny jeans. <laughs> <laughs> On the website. Now, I think they call them, uh, oh, they're slim fit jeans. Oh, uh, slim. So that's maybe from a biblical perspective, those might not be skinny jeans. Um, <laughs> and they're also going to bring opinions. up later on how they don't like skinny jeans because they show the form of the thigh. I think I saw bell bottoms in there for a second. Oh, I see thor I see I see thigh formation. And also what size what what amount of uh Oh, those are very form fitting. What what amount of form fitting are we allowed? Are we allowed like a little bit of like half an inch, a full inch, three inches, a quarter of an inch? At what point look, those are like straight up almost bell bottoms right there. That's hilarious. Yeah, I think they call these nogas. So they're not yoga pants, they're they're not no yoga pants, but they're not not yoga pants. <laughs> sorry, Duluth. <laughs> yeah, Duluth, I'm so sorry you brought into this. <laughs> we just wanted to show that, uh, and you can see Nathan's nodding along this like Duluth Training Company. This is just another worldly website of clothing. Yeah, and you know, the reason why he say that is just because it's not as in trend, but you know, Duluth is still an extremely successful company, meaning there's, there's still a market for it, which means that they are still in business, which means there are people who actually do wear it because it's their trend. I know plenty of men that like to dress in Duluth. My dad shops at Duluth all the time because he likes the style. He's more of an outdoorsman. I do a lot of like professional business stuff. So I shop at places like Banana Republic instead because I tend to wear collared shirts all day. My dad works in a factory all day. This is a silliness. Okay. Yeah, they literally have a line called Buck Naked. <laughs> just, Isn't that worldly? This is, I, I had so much fun going through this because there's so much like, oh my gosh, did you guys look at the website? <laughs> it, it, that's why like, you could probably see why, like being growing up in this, I was constantly confused at what was the, what was the line. I never knew what the line was. And it's because of this. Oddly enough, the person also growing up who enforced the line the most ended up cheating on her husband and leaving him. So it just goes to show that just because you have all these standards, doesn't these arbitrary standards, these extra biblical standards, doesn't necessarily mean you're going to live a holy Christian life. Being exposed to like like clothes they should be wearing. No, I don't understand what it is. Like, I I, I really don't get it. I, think, I don't get your why you're wearing a hat with that button you know up. That's not my place to Let's go ahead tell you and how to dress. Back in 2018, the Dove Awards. Because oh, let's see who the top uh, musical acts in CCM were in 2018. Finally and back to our subject. And it's going to be introduced <laughs> by Bill Gaither and uh, Pat Boone. And this part of his podcast is hilarious. A wake up call to give these dorks, nice at homonym. And young. Oh no, they're young. He roasted them. Oh, they're good looking. Hashtag roasted again. So young. Oh, just tell him right off. Sick, doesn't it? <laughs> but Kurt, and Bart and Toby, look up here real, real close. Just a few more years. Got him. Oof. Boom, roasted. You're looking at it. I love that clip. That was actually kind of 
I can't believe that uh, Bill Gaither actually got up there and sort of smacked these hipsters around a little bit. I'm kind of surprised <laughs> what? by that. Pause. Uh, that was a real wake-up call. It was a real... <laughs> No, it wasn't. No, it wasn't. It's literally an age joke. Every church group, like every old person cracks that kind of joke. That isn't a joke at every church function, every business function of how I'm an old guy. You all are so young compared to me. That's how you know that you're old if you start making that joke to young people. Yeah, exactly. Like when you're, and also when you're looking at dudes in their 50s and going, and you're old and you're like, you're so young. And he's like, in his 50s? And it's like, that's not young, but because of how old you are, it looks, it seems young. It's not, he's not trying to roast these dorks and telling them what's what. He complimented them, said that they're young and good looking. That's literally a compliment. It's just. Yeah, he says a wake up call. And I'm like, to what? It was a funny joke. To, to the fact that you're young and trying to be, his whole point is that he's trying to say like, Toby Mac is old and he's trying to be young and hip. And that's his whole thing. Like, hey, look guys, it's coming for you. Yeah, that's an old person being funny. You crack that joke with me all the time. Like, Will, you'll be like me in a couple of years. Actually, episode one of this, part one of this, you crack that joke. It is, this here is, just goes to show the intellectual, I don't even know. Inconsistency. Is that a good way to put it? For it? Put it? I was going to say that, like, something more like the intellectual, inc like, I can't even speak right now. Incompatibility. See, this, fr this fried my intellectual abilities. <laughs> Let's listen to more so we can fry the brain even more. No. I don't think he realized how true he was being when he gave that to them because yeah, I mean, tell these them guys, young. like Toby Mac, he literally like break dances. You know, What's wrong and, with break dancing? Like raps. He's like an aging yes. white Who cares? rapper. I mean, even Vanilla Ice was smart enough he to switch genres. Yeah. Or yeah. this, uh, the I can only imagine guys. I mean, Mercy Me. That's their name is Mercy Me. So he said that Toby Mac isn't smart enough to change genres like Vanilla Ice. Is Nathan a Vanilla Ice fan? Isn't that a little world? Yeah, how do you even know about that? Secular music. Also, it didn't Vanilla Ice, after he made his transition, kind of fall off the face of the map? Like, nobody really cared about him after that? I don't think I could actually pick Vanilla Ice out of a crowd if, if I was... Well, that's because you're terrible with faces <laughs> in general. But, but like, again, it, it goes, who cares? If he's good with his music, he's good with his music. If he's good at what he does, he's good at what he does. And I'm not a Toby Mac fan, by the way. In fact, if anyone knows me, I do not like hip-hop. Almost exclusively do not like it. Um... I'm more of a classical music, jazz, and metalhead. Yeah, I know that escalates quickly. <gasps> Gangster rap. Yeah, it's just, you know, okay, so he break dances. Cool, he can dance. You know, he can move his feet around in cre clever, creative ways that would make me literally fall on my face. It's, it is, again, arbitrariness. Uh, I mean, no one gets mad at you when you run around at camp meetings, right? Like, just. So, lest you be thinking that we're done talking about clothes, keep watching. I mean, it's kind of weird, but you think about old-time religion, and it's timeless. You think about this, like, Be Thou My Vision was written in the 500s AD in Ireland. That was over 500 years before the Catholics showed up in Ireland, by the way. Oh, by the way, St. Patrick was a Protestant. If you want to get a concealed carry permit in the United Kingdom, move to Northern Ireland and hold up a sign that says St. Patrick was a Protestant, and they'll actually give you it because you, you have reason to fear for your life. 
Okay, whatever. That was quite a bunny trail. That we just <laughs> Andrew, uh, our good friend Andrew would uh, would ha- oh, man. I kind of wish he was here for this. He'd have way too much fun. But he's from Northern Ireland. He he would have a good time with that joke. But then, okay, so be thou my vision. Be thou my vision is an amazing song. There's a reason why that one's timeless. But it's not timeless because of it being old. It's timeless because it brought something to the table worth merit. And also, it's during a time where Music wasn't recorded the way it is now, where it's every, you know, there's, they're just pumping stuff out. It was very different. It was a very different kind of music culture, but it's because it brought something of merit worth to, to the table. Same thing without Come Thou Fount and other old school hymns. But <laughs> that doesn't necessarily, but again, first off, Irish music, Irish music, like Be Thou My Vision, historically speaking, impacted pop music a lot. Where do you think we get a lot of our four chord uh, um, rapid, repetitive what progressions? Progressions, yes. Our four chord progressions come a lot from Irish music. Uh, as a violinist, I can tell you, I played a lot of Irish music, and I can tell you one thing: they love the key of D and the key of G. Uh, it's just it's just something that that they go, that they roll with. And the, guess what? A lot of pop is from that. So funny again, arbitrary. Also. Certain things are timeless. There are timeless songs that came out 10 years ago that people love. In fact, he, used, he referenced the I Can Only Imagine guys, Mercy Me's I Can Only Imagine. That song has forever become timeless that, because it brought something to the table worth merit. And that's how something becomes timeless. That's how Mozart is so popular even to this day as opposed to some other Joe Schmo composer back there that nobody even knows of because... He brought something of merit to the table. And I will say this. I will say this. Uh, I know you're probably like, Will, let's go. But the other thing is with the music to consider is, yes, I have problems with modern-day CCM as well, mainly because it's mostly musically and lyrically shallow, which is kind of not really what they're talking about. That's a different conversation, but kind of. And many people have pointed this out. There has been plenty of secular people who have, because if you worship the creator of the universe, then shouldn't you try to be more creative in your music? Sure, I can agree with that. That's why there's amazing bands that aren't known about. Uh, look up Desolate Isle by Italis. It's an amazing song, and it's a Christian band. But guess what? It's rock, and it's kind of grungy, and these guys wouldn't like it because they'd call it worldly, even though it's bringing something completely new to the table. And they didn't get a lot of recognition because it wasn't as shallow as the other stuff. But also, he, he references a lot of other bands like uh, Rend Collective and others here soon. And Rend Collective is actually pretty great. They have an amazing song called Yahweh. Nailed to the Cross is a theologically correct song. Uh, and I, that's actually, we adopted that into our church. It, anyway, I just... Well, and I think we can make the point, too, that some hymns are uh, theologically shallow, too. Oh, yeah. Like God is so good. God is so good. Or old-time religion. <laughs> or old-time religion. Which also just said was timeless. I don't think it's timeless. No. It was made in the 1800s, and it was talking about, so I, I don't know, it was talking about older religion than that. But it doesn't, we mentioned this in part one, but it doesn't mention Jesus at all. It doesn't mention the gospel. I, it's just worshiping religion. Just tradition. Yep. And uh, again, um, like the, one of the things that always bothered me when people were trying to attack CCM, like, well, it's highly repetitive. And I was like, yeah, when I was back in IFB. Then it's like, one day we were singing God is so good. <laughs> Which, if you guys know it, is God is so good. This, this is the lyrics. Ready? Verse 1. Very deep. God is so good. God is so good. God is so good. He's so good to me. At least talking about God. Wow. <laughs> so deep. 
It's just as much as it's just as deep as half the songs that are on Christian radio now singing God I love you I love you I love you I love you it's the same thing it's the same uh, it's the same shallowness and you know what God is good I do love God God loves me so they're not wrong I just personally don't find them very edifying but there's also something about repeating a simple truth of God in fact the revelation says that the angels will be singing over and over and over again holy 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 is the Lord God Almighty who was and is and is to come and that sounds awfully repetitive. Hopefully they don't get that produced by Sony, because that'll be bad. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, well, no, no. They're, they're singing that to God, who God created the world, who created the people who allowed to create Sony. So you can blame God in the end. Oh, gosh. Oh, wait, that's Calvinism. Well, not really. That's... Now we're just throwing shade everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> well, he, just, he always bashes Calvinism, misrepresents Calvinism, so I just felt like I should, I should throw that jab in there. Even though my Calvinist friends, I am so sorry. I know what I just said made you cringe. That I know that's not what you believe, and I know that's not what it means, but I'm just... Don't worry. We know that you've watched this whole video so far, and you've been cringing the whole time. Yeah, so we're just adding to it. Let's go. <laughs> it's so true. But, no, I mean, t tell me this, though. Like, you've probably... Do you see what I mean there? Where if you look back, like, if you look back at somebody in dress clothes a hundred years ago, like we have on the wall over here, I mean, like, J. Frank Norris, Mordecai Ham, Bob Jones Sr., Bob Jones Jr. I mean, all these fellows are in dress clothes on the wall of faith here, and a couple of these were from about a hundred years ago, these pictures. And these are the same kind of dress clothes that we wear now. Is that a fair assessment? Yes, it's the no. same exact dress clothes, really. It's the it same wasn't. Like not. Same. Not it's the, the 1920s, by the way. Right, right. I, I don't yeah. anticipate a, a radical change in dress There's still changes. So it's got to be like radical or non-radical? What do you mean? days of, like, John Quincy Adams and Andrew Jackson, where all of a sudden you Pause start, real quick. start wearing long i got to address this. I'm sorry. Also, the fact that he, he, we are accused of idolatry all the time, like, oh, they have these people that they worship, you know, they, they love the CCM artists, they, oh, they go to the, the next big speaker and love this guy, that guy. You have a wall of a bunch of old school preachers, which I did a lot of work for God, I'm sure, like Bob Jones and all that, yeah, whatever, we can talk about that, I have a lot of issues with some of the things I teach, but sure, they serve God or whatever. But you literally have them on your wall in a cross, that's weird. Uh, you know this about me. I don't like cross imagery uh, just because I'm like, ah, it was a little too close to a grave. An image for me personally, I can see where that dividing line is. I can see why people are okay with it. I personally find it a little weird um, because I'm like, I don't worship the cross. I worship Jesus. And the cross, though is empty, is not the, the symbol of my faith. So anyway, that's a whole that's a whole other thing. But like, he, you, you have them there. So it's like you're, you're applying the cross to them. And I actually, like, when I saw that, I cringed. I was like, oh, that's, like, I get what the cross imagery is. It's supposed to be a reflection of what Christ sacrificed for us. And I'm okay with, you know, like I said, I personally am not a big fan of, of cross imagery, but I can see why people do it. I mean, it was in the church I pastored as well, um, and I don't really care. I don't make a big fuss about it. It's just a personal liberty issue with me. But you can't sit there and... Now I'll put them on top of there and say that we're, everyone else is committing adultery and obsessed with people. And you're doing the same thing and applying it to the level of Christ's sacrifice on a cross. I'm not trying to misrepresent you. I'm honestly saying that doesn't make any sense to me. Yeah, what's up with that? Just tell us. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so yeah, you, oh, yeah, also suits have changed a lot in the last few years, in the last hundred years. And uh, go back to 1776 uh, and see what George Washington wore. You'll probably find a very different kind of suit. Still, you know who didn't wear a suit? Jesus. Oh. Do they know that? Maybe. Riches instead of the, the uh, 
the ones that are cut off right uh, right under the knee, you know, when you stop wearing wigs and you start wearing the short hair. I, I don't anticipate that much of a radical transformation in dress clothes. Do you? No. So you're okay I with think wigs? The most radical change you'll have is like bright flamingo ties, which we already have, which is like colorful socks. Maybe, is that sinful or worldly? I don't think you should take it even as far as pastel colored dress shirts. I think oh my God. the, the furthest right. I'll go is dark colors. I'll wear dark red. Furthest I'll go is this. I'll I have like no Bible verse for that, but no one should do it. I wouldn't really right. push it any further than like bright green, bright yellow, bright orange. It's kind of just too... There's something Even the earthy... Oh, you, you mean you like I'm, to express I'm, yourself? I'm, this is a matter of preference Very nice. for me. Right. And right. it's not even a standard. I like the white shirts. Yes. Now, that being said... I actually like white shirts, too. I'm not going to lie. Another preacher wears a white shirt or not. A nice it's not white shirt a dividing great. line for me. It's a personal preference, but I will Whoa. say this. Hold on. Wait. What? So you don't care if a pastor wears a, doesn't wear a white shirt? Meanwhile, you're making a big deal about the color shirts that people are wearing and the types of shirts that people are wearing? You say it's personal preference for you? Okay, great. Personal preference for you. Now do everything you just said in the same video. Do that. But everywhere else. This video just became nine seconds long. <laughs> yeah, that's what we should have done at the very beginning. It's great. Now do everything else you just said. It's it's absurd. I got no more to add. I just wanted it. Just, that's just silliness. You know what I didn't find on Duluth Trading's website was suits. Do they sell suits? I don't know. <sighs> Does Luke know that? I'm sorry. That's bothered me. Some of these earth tones that are put out in dress clothes are still sharp. And I don't think anybody's going to look back in like 30 years ago. Oh, why did I wear a faded olive green dress shirt? Actually, you know you'd be I mean? surprised. Yeah, I mean, it, it's... It, I don't know. I don't have words. But I mean, like, okay, I'm not I'm not just blowing smoke here. This is not how you Yes, you are. Three years from now, you can gravely regret what you wore. Like, for example... Because there's trends. You look back oh, when you were in so middle cultural. school and go... Hmm. What was I thinking? Great. Now do everything else again. Is that a fair I, assessment? Yeah. I, back in my senior year, I just graduated in, in July, June. But about a year ago, I wanted that same Kanye West shirt you just, you just saw. <laughs> I, I, I actually wanted that. I was, and then if you, if you actually look what about at in high school tones? and people, what people wear, and you go back to middle school, I, I, I thought the same thing. I didn't, I wasn't too extravagant as I was in, in high school. I really so, okay, wrong, yeah, middle school, we're all different. He's a pretty young right. guy, so I mean. Let me just out myself a second. I wore really poorly fitting cargo khaki pants in high school, and I look like an idiot. And thank goodness I met my lovely wife because she made fun of me like crazy and made me dress like a normal person because she's like, you look like an idiot. You look like a slob. You look like you don't care. And you know what? I didn't care. <laughs> <laughs> and you know what? She was right. Uh, well, that, and that's the thing. It's like, okay, yeah, people look back at how they look all the time and don't like it. Uh, you know what? How many people do that when they look back at how they look like when they dressed similar to the IFB, which comes out of the 1940s? I'm sorry. Some of those hair, the hairstyles that some people have are hilarious. How big it is. I mean, oh my goodness. Going go to IFB in the South was an experience because it was hard to see the preacher through all the women's hair. There was it was just it was like the 80s, just gigantic hair, like the 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 bangs that go down and up simultaneously. You know what I'm talking about where they curl them? Like again, you know, this is not biblical. This is not edifying to the church. This is not anything to do with Jesus. This is nothing to do with the gospel. And you're over here touting it like it's somehow biblical, like it's somehow edifying, and how, somehow you're teaching people how to live Christian living when none of this is even remotely biblical. It is legalism. It is it is false teaching. 
And it, it, I'm sorry, it, you're a liar and you need to be called out for it. And you have bought into, you've bought into a lie and you're promulgating a lie. And congratulations, you are giving the opinions of man and nobody is called to obey your opinions. There's so much gospel for us to have common ground on and seek new believers. And I guarantee you, you're not going to go find new believers going to their house and telling them that they're wearing the wrong clothes. I'm sorry. It's just give them the good news. And the good news is not that they're not wearing earth tones. Yeah, we change from the inside out, not the outside in. That's not how this works. Man looks on the outward appearance. God looks upon the heart. And I hear you guys throughout this entire hour-long trudge fest that is just awful to listen to because it's just so erroneous at every turn. Like, and you guys are only focused on the outward appearance. You're being man. God looks upon the heart and you don't give a rip about their heart. You just give a rip about your personal preferences. You don't like the fact that he has a certain type of a shirt. Come on. Let's remember this episode is supposed to be about CCM, yet we keep just talking about clothing. It's almost like that is their... Well, because they don't know anything about music. Like, that's, that's what's happening here. They don't know anything about music, so they're just making generalizations because they don't know about music. As a musician, it pains me to watch this because, like, you don't understand... Do you even understand what 4-4 time is? I don't even know. Like, do you understand that 4-4 time was used in pagan music quotations, and in hymns, and in modern Christianity. They all use the same exact key signatures. They all use the exact same notes. The, the Amazing Grace is oftentimes played in the key of G. Do you know how many CCM songs are in the key of G? Or the key of D, whatever. Pick your poison. Is the key of G now worldly? Is 4-4 four, four time now worldly? It's throat singing or nothing. It's a, it's a, it, this is, that's actually, it was the, the actual the looking at music for me is what, the, like the first thing that broke me out of the IFB. I was like, wait a minute, this doesn't make any sense. So this G chord bad over here, but okay over here, it's the G chord. It's the same exact thing. Continue. I'm sorry. <laughs> Tries me nuts. Um, I think people are going to be very embarrassed in about 10, 20 years when they, oh, look, yeah. when they look back to their high school pictures, especially in public education. <laughs> That's to be human, man. Whereas, I don't know how much I hate my pictures from high school. Same. I had a bowl cut, bro. Like Word of Life Bible Institute. I don't know how oh, yeah. much is bled into. I know I, Christian schools, campuses, middle schools, uh, high schools, I don't really know how bad it is. I don't know if people are like wearing Jordans and then ripped skinny jeans and whatnot. I don't know like if there's a dress. <sighs> Those ripped jeans, man. Like, if any Wait, is it okay to wear ripped jeans if you rip them by working? And, and Isaiah 47 verses 1 through 3 defines nakedness as an exposed thigh. Like if you're wearing skinny jeans, that's nakedness because you're exposing the form of the thigh. And then also all the worse if you have like a hole cut in it because now all of a sudden you're just literally just showing it. You're not even just showing the form. I mean, it's like a woman running around in pantyhose and she cuts it. And then leggings. You ever notice like... Whenever these, uh, whenever these broads give jogging and leggings, broads. that if they're wearing, yes, like, use super disrespectful leggings, language. That's always helpful. Games. Oh my goodness! My, so much you stuff. know when I'm watching, all I hear is Johnny Cash right now. <laughs> I hurt myself right, today. We gotta, we gotta to see if I still feel. Sorry, that's all I'm feeling right now. <laughs> I focus on my pain. This is pain for me. This is painful. Okay, no, that is not. It's, Isaiah 47, 1 through 3 is not nakedness, however the heck you pronounce that. Uh, it says, this is the King James Version. It says, come down and sit in the dust, O virgin daughter of Babylon. Sit on the ground. There is no throne, O daughter of the Chaldeans. For thou shalt no more be called 
what is that, tender and delicate. Take the millstones and grind meal, uncover thy locks, make bare the leg, uncover the thigh, pass over the rivers. Thy nakedness shall be uncovered, yea, thy shame shall be seen. I shall take vengeance, and I will not meet thee as a man. Now, this here is, again, descriptive, not prescriptive. A hermeneutical class would do you well. And I, again, I'm rebuking in strong terms here, and I'm being passionate about this because I'm sorry. I cannot stand false teaching, and I can't stand legalism, and I simply can't stand someone who sits there and plateaus themselves as if they are more righteous than everyone else when it, really, in all honesty, they're spouting ignorance. Um, I, what is the verse talking about there? So let's talk about this verse. So uh, first off, this is not talking about dress code or modesty at, at all. It's talking about the future fall of Babylon. It's a prophecy. And the, the ESV actually puts this great. It says, take the millstones and grind, and ground, grind flour, put up the veil, strip off your robe, uncover your legs, pass through the rivers. Your nakedness shall be uncovered. Your disgrace shall be seen. I will take vengeance and I will spare no one. Okay. Descriptive, not prescriptive. Also, if it was a sin to show the thigh, and this is a point I want to make here very clearly, if it's a sin to show the thigh, then why is God commanding them and telling them that he's going to expose their thigh? Is he, expo is he telling them that he's going to make them sin? Is God tempting now? This is bad exegesis, and this is why if you don't know how to handle your Bible and you're just looking at it trying to verify your own opinions, you always come to bad conclusions. You have to understand the context. So here's the thing. I want to get into the language for a second here, Brian. So if it was a sin, then God's commanding them to sin. But here's the language. First and foremost, when he talks about like at the beginning there where it says, uncover thy locks, make bare the leg. So the leg here is referring, is a shalvel, um, which means a flowing skirt. Okay, so in the King James, when it's saying to, you know, make bare the leg, it's actually saying, like, taking off your skirt, which, by the way, men and women both wore skirts, okay, not breeches back, oh, back then, okay? And then, so, which is why it says, make bare the leg. It's a, it, it, the King James is saying the same thing, remove, okay? You're removing that. And then when it says, uncover the thigh, guess what? There's a reason why in the ESV, it says, put off your robe, strip off your robe, uncover your legs and not thigh, because the word here is shok. Shok is, um, of, uh, if you're talking about a person, of man, it means specifically actually the lower leg, which is the calf, Oops. which is, as opposed to the high thigh, usually that way, but it can mean the higher portion, uh, but usually when it's referring to a sacrificial animal, it's referring to a thigh. But the point is here, it's not, it, it's not talking about modesty and it's not talking about a dress code. What, the whole point here is nakedness is considered shameful, right? Which is why Adam and Eve covered themselves. They covered themselves because they were ashamed of their sin. And God is saying, I am going to strip you and expose you for what you are, Babylon, and then I'm going to tear you down and spare no one. Everyone's going to see everything. You'll be naked before everyone. In other words, you'll be vulnerable and exposed to everyone. He's not re literally referring to this idea of being naked. Like, it's not a literal thing. I hope, th does that make sense? It does. Which, think about it too. They're taking this verse and they go from, if we take their perspective, it means uncover the thigh. Then they expound upon that to mean form of the thigh, 
and they base their entire hatred of skinny jeans on this verse. Yeah, it doesn't even mention the th form of the thigh. It just says show the thigh. It, you, I will show you the thigh. This is legalism, guys. Definition, textbook, legalism. Also, if I was this bad at exegeting, uh, and if I was, if I treated the Bible with as care, as carelessly as Pastor Rager here, um, I could make Proverbs, you know, I could call him a liberal. I could call him a liberal. You know why? Proverbs eleven twenty five in the King James Version says, the liberal soul shall be made fat. So is he suddenly, because he's husky, is he now a liberal? I could, I could treat the text just as poorly. That's not what this means, okay? Uh, and by the way, the reason why I'm bringing that up is this, it is funny how, again, they can stretch the text. And by the way, the ESV says, whoever brings blessing will be enriched, it, which it basically is saying that you will, if you treat others well, you bring blessing, you will be enriched yourself. That's what it means, the liberal soul shall be made fat. You know, you'll, you'll get a lot of, the King James Version tends to be a bit more poetic, uh, and they do like to get a little bit colorful with their language back then. But you get the point, okay? You get the point. I'm sorry, that was a long tangent. Just say that this is a gross mishandling of scripture, which is why I said it was time for us to rebuke him publicly, because this is not acceptable. It's simply not acceptable, especially for someone who calls himself a pastor. By the way, you can buy leggings at Duluth Trading Company. That's not a plug. Just saying it's ironic. You can. <laughs> I can't help it. I'm sorry, guys. You know, I wanted, I didn't want to be this, uh, I don't know, candid, but it's just, it's so difficult to get through. So bear with me guys. I've, I've had that experience many of times where I've thought I saw a naked person in Walmart. Right. Et cetera, et cetera. We all have. Gym. It's terrible. Like, Sometimes you might actually. It's, so <laughs> it's Walmart. It I, is. Like, I don't know why these people like, I can kind of have an, I have an idea. I used to be in a culture where I wanted flashy clothes. I wanted things that were modern and contemporary. If you think about why, it's because I was living, I was, I was literally living, I was serving Satan, which everyone is at public education. If you're not saved, you're really serving Satan. And you're oh, serving goodness. yourself. And you're, you're, you're serving yourself. And you want yes, to if you're not saved, you are not, serving the self. You're going to look back in 20 years and see, like, why did I have, like, zippers on my, on my jeans? Why did, I have, why did I have zippers on my shirt that didn't go to anything? Why did I have paint splatter on my jeans and my... Sure. Maybe you haven't gone. Why do you have orange stripes on your shirt? It's vanity the same thing. If you're, if this is all vanity, that's the same. You can't sit there and just be like, oh, my orange stripes on my shirt are okay, but man, you were paint splatter on your pants, and that's not okay. I can express myself with my orange stripes, but I can't express myself with paint. I have to uh, give my wife some credit here, but essentially they're they're making the argument that pieces of clothing that don't serve any utility are therefore sinful and of the devil and worldly. And my wife pointed out, who is on the channel, by the way, if you want to catch that, Stacey had a great video. Uh, she pointed out that neckties also serve absolutely no purpose whatsoever. They, they cover they your double no chins. <laughs> they make your double chins, one chin. That. That's why I have a beard. I cover it. Oh, yeah. I, I just, I have a beard, a bigger beard because I'm just more manly than you. But the, but no, it's, it, that's, that's the thing, right? Like, oh, well, I wasn't wearing j j uh, zippers on my jeans. Because you might like them. Or maybe you do have utility. Maybe I wear zippers on my jeans because I want to keep my wallet from falling out. Plus, let's be real, guys. If you don't have a zipper on your jeans, that is, that's really inappropriate. No <laughs> I see what you did there. <laughs> yeah, nobody wants that to see that. does have a utility. <laughs> yeah, it, it, again, it's, this gets into silliness, arbitrariness, and uh, they believe in suits. Also, a suit jacket bears barely any utility whatsoever. Uh, 
again, it's just moving on. I can't do it. <laughs> Dollars on that on, on those Jordans, you know. I think someone will. It sounds like this. It sounds like Luke was just really obsessed with his appearance. So now he's he's he's, he's equivocating things. I want a Jordan too. They're too expensive. Let's shed the KJV hats for just a second. Watch this. Ooh. See, we got like short hair here, short hair here, short hair here. No way. You know, we don't have like weed whacker like like crew cut on the sides. Rachel Maddow. Hey, that's what I normally do. I just again hospital for a month. I didn't get haircut. Rachel Maddow jab. I approve this message. Okay, what's funny? Everyone and everyone's so vain in social media. Like you look at these social oh, yeah. media posts, they're yes. all trying to look so uh -huh. good. Like it's oh, vain. it's so bad. It's, it's yeah. vanity is trying to look good. It's, it's <laughs> egotistical. It's very bad. It's not good. Like what you're doing everyone this entire episode is your self-righteous plateauing. I'm. They all claim that they read the Proverbs, but somehow they never got to Proverbs 31 about the virtuous woman, nor flipped over to the next page in Ecclesiastes chapter 1 well, about vanity. The, well, that, or about the part great, about James where it talks about, you know, those who are teachers will be held to a greater standard. How, how just a thought. So <laughs> you got to really discern. And then also it gets into... Uh, I'm just now hearing the song, You're So Vain, in my head. Path, and then <laughs> godliness is the right-hand path, vote for Trump. <laughs> Yeah, that was a little bit funny. <laughs> yeah. Hey, let's go ahead and look. What pause, exactly pause, 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 pause. I mean, this is straight out of hell. Okay, All right, straight out of hell. Good grief. Straight out of Compton, but straight CCM style. <laughs> so yeah, social media is vain. It can be, depending on which. I actually do a lot of stuff on social media that's actually pretty productive. But uh, yeah, yeah. No, I said it before. Uh, you know, it, girls half the time are like, oh, let me just like put half my, you know, expose my entire body so I can get a bunch of likes, so I can get it some uh, online false attention. And it's sad. I actually it grieves me when I see that because I'm like, girl, you are so much more valuable than your body. You know, um, you know, when you can tell that's what, why girls are doing that. Why do you think so many girls put themselves out there um, in, in so many ways to expose? I mean, seriously, you look at a dude's, a dude's profile half the time and we get like three likes as so we just don't you really care. I'll take the lights if I got my cute kid on there. Otherwise, we're like, that guy's kind of ugly. Yeah, I mean, I, I agree. You're ugly. Also, <laughs> but also I this. Up. I got lucky. Yeah, okay, fair enough. Also, this whole idea of the hair, right? Look at, hey, let's take off our KJV hats for a minute. Look, look at this. It's it's all buzz cut. Who cares? What, what about all the heroes of the faith that you have on, on your on your cross there? Are they, do they have all buzz cuts? Is that somehow the, the lower your hair is, the more righteous you are? Oddly enough, at Crown College, I buzzed my head once, by accident, mind you, um, but I buzzed my head once, and they were trying to forbid me for from uh, deaf interpreting at that, and they're independent fundamental Baptists, because I broke the dress code because you're not allowed to, uh, because, so Crown College is an independent fundamental Baptist. They disagree with you on buzzing your hair, but now you're okay with it. So again, who's right here? Uh, out of the two King James only independent fundamental Baptists, which one of you is right? It's almost like it's a preference. I don't know. It reminds me like trying to follow social justice rules, right? It's the same arbitrary standard. It's in the oh, so extreme of subjective rules that no one can hold themselves to it. You guys can't even hold yourselves to the only rules that you're touting. That should be a little bit convicting. God doesn't give us something that's just completely impossible, right? We all have total depravity, but we can still choose right from wrong. <laughs> yeah, even total depravity is something that, we're not Calvinists, by the way, but 
you know, there's, there's some doctrines that we work with. Okay, whatever. Uh, but the thing is, again, what, because Brian gets a haircut once every six months because he just doesn't give a crap, does that suddenly mean that he's less spiritual than you all? I mean, that's about as bad as it gets. I don't I know. haircut on Thursday. Are you? I hey, we're going to try to schedule ours for tomorrow. But you get the point. Uh, this whole, like, look how short my hair is. Okay, nobody cares. Paul references the fact that, you know, it does not nature say that a man should have short hair. But short hair back then was very different than short hair now. They, again, um, you know, if you look at Jewish men, they actually, some of them have longer hair than many of the people here would ever mention. Anyway. Shall we continue? Oh, you got to watch this junk. We're supposed to introduce Straight out of hell, Ramber. the song of the year. You, you, it's not enough to just say it's. And the nominees. It's not enough to say it's straight out of hell. You have to demonstrate how it is. Are. Song of the year. I'm excited. Counting every blessing. Rand Collective. Look at earth tones, collared shirts. <laughs> All right, I never did this, okay? I never did this. But it, I remember I'd always see on the sitcoms that people would start garage bands. Like these, like, you know, dorky uh, teenagers on the sitcoms would all of a sudden start a rock band in their garage and annoy their parents. Nobody would get any sleep. And then yeah, Garage Band to, is like, a video game. You know, take the britches back from Mama. Oh, no, no. Put the pants on. And Guitar the Hero, again. that's that. And, all of a and then Garage Band's have, like, the MacBook thing. Right. That's, right. that's what that looks like to me is like the loser rock bands that were totally ripping off Hanson or the Limp Biscuits or the or on, whatever, whatever back in the 1990s. The, uh, the, what does that look like to you? He's going to make fun of the farm people here in a second. With what you just mentioned in reference, it's like that, but super toned down yes. to the point where it's very pathetic. Where you're trying to imitate something, but it, it's so watered down and so puny and weak. And it's so like, oh, yeah. if you're going to go that route, you might as well just like actually go down that route. Um, they're, they're doing that with hip-hop now and Christian hip-hop, which I actually have listened to a lot of Christian What is he talking about? Over the last seven months, and they, they, they really trick you. They really trick you with, with, with taking right, verses and like... <laughs> Okay, I literally have no idea what that weird tangent was about. Um, you're going to go down that route. Go down that route. Like, commit? Like, you're saying that he doesn't sound intense enough? Like, Rent Collective? Do you know what Rent Collective is? They're an Irish band, which means that they have a very Irishy sound, which, guess what? Irish aren't known for having hardcore metal, okay? So what makes Dropkick Murphys more fun is that they're like this grunge, grunge version. But anyway. Remember, the Irish came up with Be Thou My Vision. Oh, Timeless. and also like counting every blessing. Who cares? That's a great song. Count. Should you not count your every blessing? Oh, I do distinctly remember an old school hymn that talks about counting your blessings. <laughs> count your blessings. Name them one by one. Yeah, uh, my collective. Shut up. My <laughs> my my uh, mother-in-law was seeing. Uh, Count your every blessing uh, before she before she was passing, like she died of leukemia. She would sing that like feebly in the bed because she's counting her blessings as she's laying there dying of leukemia. But you know what? I could equally sing counting every blessing while I'm also dying of leukemia. This does this. And, but no, you're just going to attack them. But they are wearing earth tones. They are wearing collared shirts. So but now we don't care about that because we want to attack something else of them. So it's it's stupid. And see, by the way, you notice how I didn't just say, hey, Luke and Nathan Rager, they're saying something stupid. I am demonstrating and explaining exactly why it's stupid. So, and also notice how I'm not calling them stupid. So uh, we mentioned this uh, in our God is Gary rebuttal. I meant to mention this at the very beginning of part one. <laughs> Here we are. <laughs>
we want to make it take us out to go, hey, we attack ideas here and we don't hold back on ideas. Some ideas are just stupid and some ideas are evil and some ideas are bad and you should feel bad if you tote them. And I'm sorry, IFB legalism is evil and it's stupid. And so therefore I'm not attacking his character. I'm saying his ideas are stupid. And he seems like he's an articulate enough fellow to where he should be able to notice these contradictions. But I think he, you're, right now we're just seeing someone who's ingrained and digging in their heels in it that you're not seeing that shift. So, Taking certain words and making them rhyme and fit with like modern day secular problems. You mean like poetry? Actually even biblical. Which I can make an entire what? video on that because there's many. Please do. Please. Because hymns, one, hymns rhyme. Like KB. That's one of the people I can think of. Um, KB sounds like a toy store to me. That's where I used to buy my wrestling figures. <laughs> wrestling. And, and, and a, what? That sounds there's, there's a lot of apostasy and there's all kinds. Oh, wait, of, he had wrestling uh, figures. That's how we found out about the logo. That, that, are noted. Like, that he stole. Rappers, I noticed there's a lot of corruption Goodness. in these industries. Probably because, and it's because they're, they're just. They don't, they don't treat Christianity like it's true. They don't treat the Bible no, like it's There's also true. a lot of corruption it's in not, church. It's like a tradition. And now they got Calvinist rappers who I, I guess they were predestined to suck. <laughs> Hold up. <laughs> Please go back and watch part one. Because the very first thing he talks about when he's playing a Steven Crowder video is how he doesn't recommend watching Steven Crowder because of his potty mouth. <laughs> now he just told Calvinist garage bands that they suck. That, that they're predestined to suck. And suck, by the way, is, a, is potty language, right? Because it's a euphemism for oral sex. Yeah, is this worldly? That probably is worldly. And also, again, like, who <laughs> predestined to suck? Okay, really? There's plenty of reformed groups out there that are fantastic. In fact, I also know some very conservative that, uh, groups that travel that are more on the Calvinist spectrum who go into fundamentalist Baptist churches and use violins and sing Irish sheets, kind of sounding hymns, uh, whatever. I you just know who would use the, the predestined to suck joke in their podcast? Steven Crowder, <laughs> <laughs> who you didn't recommend. Anyway. Oh, man. I a girl sent me a friend request on Facebook, and she she posted a picture, and it was Charles Spurgeon sitting down in a chair with sunglasses on, and it was a reformed rap, uh, it was a reformed rap uh, little record thing, and it was like it was a playlist of like reformed rap, and it was like there there's something like predestination, like oh I guess I was, pre and she was like I finally found this, I guess I was predestined to find this, this is a work of art or something like this. I didn't know that was. She sounds funny. No, that sounds actually kind of funny. Also, hold up. I'm not sure if you guys realize that one of the heroes, many of the heroes of the faith, Jonathan Edwards, Charles Spurgeon, these were Calvinists. Like they, Calvinists have had a huge impact for the gospel. Whether you like Calvinism or not, I'm not a Calvinist. I have my own issues with the doctrine of Calvinism. You were raised in it. Um, and you, same thing. We're Molinists now. We make no one happy. Uh, <laughs> but come on. Like, and also, yeah, so yeah, he's, she's, oh, predestined to this. I saw this on social media. Several. She's being funny. It's just a sense of humor thing. Like, you cracked some jokes in here. I'll actually say there's some jokes in here that were funny. So, you know who also cracked jokes? Paul. Oh. Paul was pretty funny. Paul was pretty and sarcastic. <laughs> he was a savage. He should have gotten troll sunglasses. Doing it forever, it seems like. You commented on the social media scene. You know, we were talking about the Bible verses, you know, uh, yes, yes. and people quoting Bible verses. Like, what do you run into as a young person on social media with, like, po with like halfway Christian, halfway worldly kind of people? Like, what do you see? You see apostasy first, first and foremost, because they, they see Bible verses contradicting each other, for one. Because you see verses to judge things, and you see verses to not judge things. 
So if you make the assumption that every single time that the Bible references judging things, if someone tells you that, oh, that's only God's judgment, and you take their word for it, and you don't read into the context, then how are you really... Well, now we care about context? You know, it's not true. It's simply not true. The Apostle Paul tells us to judge and discern. Wait, yep. Like, he is a spiritual judgeth all things. You judgeth all things, and not to put down anyone. You don't do it to put down people. You don't. You do it to. You do it for the body of Christ for to correction. Grow, for correction to to get right with God to do what is right to see and, what and is right. You mean like you've been putting down everyone in this entire video? This entire episode has been basically nothing but a mudslinging contest. You've just been slamming them. I mean, you're calling them like people who do out of that sodomites. You're saying, I mean, later on, you say some other intense things in other episodes as well about these people. Oh, we're not doing it to put people down. No, no, we are told to judge all things. We're told to judge righteous judgment, not my preferential judgment, not my opinionated judgment, righteous judgment, which means we have to compare it to the word of God. And non-hypocritical judgment. Yeah, exactly. That's what Matthew 7 is talking about. He's saying not to judge hypocritically. And here you guys are, have, you know, you guys having removed the plank in your own eye. I mean, the, the speck in your eye to remove the plank, or is it the plank for the speck? Whatever. Uh, point. <laughs> uh, the whole point here is, like, again, it's contradictory, and you don't get to sit there and say that you're, you're judging righteous judgment, and that we're judging all things when you yourselves are holding people non-accountable to the actual Word of God, because you're not holding yourselves to the Word of God. You're now preaching a, an opinion. So this is like... If, if Revelation was written by Rager, it'd just be Ragelations right now. And that's, and that's what this is. This is the book of Ragelations and uh, his, his uh, I guess, he, maybe Luke is the, the, the new gospel of Luke. <laughs> the point is here that these are just opinions. They're spouting opinions. Like if you wanted to do like an opinionated channel, like that's what movie review and video game review channels are, right? They're, 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 the, they're just, hey, I'm going to give you my opinion of this because it's, it's a subjective opinion view. Cool. If you want to say why you, your opinion is that you don't like a lot of CCM music, cool. In fact, invite me because I'll talk to you. I'll talk about that all day because uh, there's a lot of things I don't like, but there's a lot of hymns I don't like. And I'll tell you exactly why I don't like all of them. But I don't know. You guys are touching on correct things, right? You talked about public schools and you talked about right now about um, modern culture misunderstanding biblical judgment and what that means and what Christians are commanded to do. But you yourselves aren't applying it properly. So, but It's I, like you're right, but you're wrong. But I want you to look at those subjects where you are, you have been right on, you're pulling from the Bible correctly. But the parts where you're not right on, you're not pulling from the Bible correctly. And you're just instantiating your own opinion in the text and trying to pull out specific words like thigh or like wooden pulpit. And you're applying that in a, in a, very exaggerated context. And I, so I just want you guys to look at that. Just look at what you're saying. Look at the parts where you are right. We do have some common ground. And, I, and we're definitely not saying that you guys are unsaved or anything crazy like that. We're just trying to correct you as brothers in Christ and saying, look, guys, there are things that you're, you're just instantiating your opinion on, and there's things that you are using Bible. Focus on the Bible part. You'll, you'll do okay. You'll do okay. <laughs> it's a lot better when you respect the context. I mean, that's what I don't get. Like, and they said this too and when I was in the IFB, and Luke just said it too. Like, well, let's keep let's keep with the context. You know, you're not, regardless of context, like, yeah, great. Now, now, why don't you care about context? You can't get mad at them for ignoring context when you ignore context. Yeah, and that's why I'm constantly always checking. Uh, you and I teach Bible all the time, and I'm constantly going, what's the actual context here before I run with it? You know, there are principles that you can kind of run with because they're like consistent principles throughout Scripture, but this is one. Anyway, um, yeah, we can we can move forward, but it kind of this it starts here soon, getting excruciatingly repetitive. The right thing is you don't know what 
is wrong, so you're doing things that are wrong. You don't know that it's and, wrong. And and a lot of and a lot and of times, tells you and judges it. And a lot of times on the judge not stuff. In all honesty, we get a bad rap for that. Like yeah. I'll, I'll be honest with you, I'm probably almost embarrassingly slow uh, dragging my feet on a church discipline issue because I just assume that if somebody can bear to hear me shout and snort and rip face against sin a couple hours a week. Or guess your preferences. God's obviously doing something in their life. <laughs> but uh, it's, but yeah, I mean, I don't, be- at the same time, like, I don't blame people for being worldly when they're, you know, Christian, maybe. No, I don't blame them for having bad doctrine. Quite honestly, and we're going to get into this in a little bit, but I mean, I blame their preachers. And But I yeah. think we're here at the root problem where they're far more concerned about being worldly than they are being godly, and their people are starving. Yeah, What's your proof? I, I agree 100%. Boom. And they don't have any. They have there's claims. There's also more to that. Everything. Toby Mac. You know what my comment on that is? Bye, bye, bye. That's in sync straight out of hell. That's pure sensualism. <laughs> What's sensual about that? It's a digital beat. You gotta listen to how he talks about walking. Not dancing, but the way he was like swinging his arms when he was walking. <laughs> I have to. I had to edit. I'm being sensual now. Ones that we're gonna be looking at because the women were literally like dancing like uh, pole dancing whores. Pole dancing whores? Hmm. Huh. Where have I seen pole dancing recently, Brian? Was like. Duluth trading buck naked underwear. Oh goodness! So it's a pole dance is okay at Duluth, but it's not okay when it sounds like something that you might you think for whatever given reason your head is connected to pole dancing. Did you know you can pole dance to any rhythm? The saying dancing is based on a rhythm: four, four times, three, four times, six, eight. It don't matter. It doesn't matter. You pole dance to anything, okay? All right. It's, it, it, again, but again, that's how's that sensualism? So that's the thing. The IFB, they constantly do this. They constantly say this kind of beat is pure sensualism. How is it sensualism? You cannot show that. You're saying it's Satanism and sensualism. It is not sensual to have a beat. All music has a beat. Just because you can hear it on a drum or a digitizer does not suddenly mean it is now sensual. All music has a beat. You know when your choir director in your IFB church is doing this? Do you know what that is? That's the beat. That is beat. Worldly beat. Is it? Exactly. And so suddenly it's okay over here. And also, if you have ever taken a piece of music, say Amazing Grace on the piano, and you just simply tap the rhythm, like, guess what? That's Amazing Grace. And guess what? I could do that, but I put it on drums, and now suddenly it's sensual? A rhythm is a rhythm. Okay, you cannot prove the fact that it's sensualism. You can't prove the fact that it fe- that it's, sat- it's satanic. There is you can't do it. There, uh, in fact, you would probably hate Old Testament music. Jewish music was one of the most rhythmic musics out. Like it is so rhythmic. Have you ever listened to Jewish music? And guess what? You believe in a Jewish Messiah, which means that if it was okay to worship God back then with that as. Uh, was written in the Psalms by David where it talks about, you know, praising him with a harp, with, you know, a basically a garskin drum, with loud cymbals. And guess what? Well, guess what's on a drum set? You know that, like, little disc that they, that's a cymbal, okay? So, again, you make, this makes no sense. Calling it Satanism and all this stuff is just, it's, it's a, 
It's slamming them for something that's untrue. And again, you're bearing false witness and you're coming off about as ignorant as you can possibly come. This is the level of stupidity that you deal with, which is why the IFB is dying, because it can't stand up to scrutiny. It cannot hold fast to consistent logic, to consistent Bible interpretation, to consistent anything, which is why these churches are falling apart, which is sad because there's a lot of passionate people in the IFB. And these passionate people became passionate about the scripture, about the true word of God with that amount of boldness, because a lot of them are bold. I mean, to say some of this ridiculous stuff, you have to be bold. Okay. Cool. Now shape that boldness into something biblical, and then we'll see you probably actually become a force of nature for the gospel of Christ. But right now, it's just the, the, a force of nature for personal opinions, and that's about it. Um, Two things. One, I really want to know if I walk centrally. Like, I'm trying to picture, like, how much do I move my arms? Yeah, how's my like, god when I Do walk? I have to do, it like, like, or like, a manly man that's, like, this sensual, or am I, like, putting out some kind of energy that... I'm asking women or whoever phrase you use for women in your podcast wanting to be with me. I, I don't know. And the other thing is, notice, they're against Toby Mac because they had women dancing and they equated the way that they're dancing to the way that women might dance on poles, which I don't know how they know that. Just saying. But they're okay with the Lou Trading Center Blue Trading Company, even though they literally have an advertisement with a guy dancing on a pole. So one is an extrapolation from dance, and the other one is literally doing the thing that you're condemning. Just, maybe you guys didn't look at Blue Trading Company before you plugged them. I'm just... I'm sorry we keep bringing it up, but it's just so funny because they made that point, and then everything that they say is represented by the website that they blocked. <laughs> yeah. Well, and it, to be, it, this is the thing. This is, points out to what I, I started struggling with when I was in the IFP. They kept saying separation from the world, separation from the world. We don't, you can't work at Hollister because you have to be separate from the world. But then we can work at Walmart that sells the same stuff and more. And I sort of realized how arbitrary this. And this is where like the Duluth Trading Company thing, even though we keep poking at that, we have no problem with Duluth. You were just using your stand. We're holding you to your own standards and your stand. You do not hold up to your own standards, which no one can when they're legalistic because legalism can, creates arbitrary standards. So we're just, we're just holding you to the fire there. Uh, you, you know what? You have no control over their marketing team and nor should you. Uh, that's not the point. You know, if you like their product, buy their products, it's your money, use your money, how you see fit. It, um, and then you know, I get, I, I don't want to continue further in this video because it just kind of gets repetitive where he says, starts playing random artists and saying similar garbage. But I mean, he mentions again, uh, that it's all Satanism. It's you, what do you mean by Satanism? Because Satanism, if you actually know, I mean, go to the Church of Satan, go to Google it, Google it, read what they actually say, study the history of the Church of Satan, actually majorly connected to Hollywood, just saying. <laughs> um, there's a lot of things that it shows, but it's not enough to say, you're just throwing terms around. You're not defining them. You're just making claims and then not backing them up with things. It's not helpful. Um, then, <laughs> what is it? Uh, uh, oh yeah, the first place de demons will be, they say, is at a CCM concert or a place preaching something that isn't true. But you've said things multiple times in this video that isn't true. Does that mean demons are there? I mean, I'm sure demons are. Demons can be anywhere. I, uh, whatever. Like, we're not leveling that accusation against you, though. It's it's just it's just if, if, holding it to your standard. Again, you're the one making the claim, but you have made multiple false claims and untruth statements. So, uh, yeah, and I, to get real, real here for a second, because we both have a passion passion for youth ministry, 
And uh, one of the things that can really cause young Christians to fall away is they get is they don't have a good basis for their belief. And if your basis for Christianity is that you need to wear earth tones and not wear skinny jeans and men must wear suits and women must wear dresses and it's all based on on how you look and someone confronts you with that ideology and you realize that it doesn't logically hold any water there's a real possibility that you could you could st start questioning the rest of your faith yeah, because you're equating them. You could shipwreck their faith with your arbitrary standards. And we've talked about Rhett Link on the channel where that happened, and I think there's a real danger for that. So as encouragement to you guys, please stop. Please stop leading youth down a path where they might be caught with their pants down, figuratively, with their theology and not being able to logically and consistently argue it. Because you know what? Christian theology is the deepest... Um, logical, philosophical belief system in the world. It is never-ending. You can keep studying God, you can keep studying Christianity, and you'll keep learning more, and you'll keep understanding more. Don't neglect that. Don't ruin that. And don't put someone in a position where they can't argue against atheism or can't argue against other world religions because they're all stuck on what you can wear or what kind of music you listen to or some other arbitrary stupid standard. Don't. Set your kids up for success, not failure. Yeah, exactly. And you know, and they, they met. And I'm not sure if it's in this episode or another episode that they almost mock churches wanting to reach young people. And I'm like, yeah, you should reach young people. You should reach all people. But young people are important to reach because we have a culture that is decreasing in Christianity. Atheism is rising, uh, and we have depression and suicide increasing in young people. So yes, we want to reach young people. And you know what? You know how you don't reach young people? You, straight up. It, we have more access to information than we ever have in, our, in the history of mankind with the internet. What you say to youth will get fact-checked. In fact, there was a, the Preacher Boys put up a clip yesterday of a guy going, there is, you know, there's no credibility in a blog. There's no credibility in a podcast. And it's funny because it's like that IFB preacher is preaching against podcasts, but here we are with this one. But I'm sure this one's okay because, again, the standard is arbitrary. If we like it, it's good. If we don't like it, it's bad. Like alcohol. Whenever there was wine involved in the King James, it wasn't alcoholic if Jesus was involved in it. But it's bad and alcoholic if ever it's used negatively because that's, that's consistent. And they, they, you know, so the point is, yeah, we, yeah, re, you should reach young people. There's nothing wrong with that. And maybe alienating them is not the best way because they are going to worship God and express their worship in the way that they best know how. I recommend you reading the book Bruchko uh, about a missionary to South America to some Indians. You might be surprised at what he experienced with that whole uh, music and culture shifting. But also, uh, they mentioned all, that it's bad when people over literalize parts of scripture. Ironic. Uh, later on in this episode, and it's like, <laughs> yeah, now, now do you? <laughs> like, again, this just it gets so silly. So, um, uh, anyone that is a committed Christian can't defend that women are dancing. Is another thing he says. Why? I mean, what kind of dance? I mean, you say they're shaking their hips around. Is it a sin to move your hips? Or are we talking about like, you know, something like WAP or the cuties where it's like clearly sexual. Like there is a difference between sexual dance and non-sexual dance. If uh, when a woman moves her body, if all you're doing is thinking that it's sexual, maybe, just maybe, you're, you're the pervert. It might be you. It might not be her. And if she is, can't be held responsible for your lack of ability to be able to control your lust. I'm just saying that you can't, that 
that doesn't work, and it's not okay to do that. Um, and you know, this, I'm not saying that modesty isn't a biblical principle. Okay, modesty is a biblical principle, but your standards for what what you're using aren't isn't what it is. It's not what it's talking about. I say this all the time. The Bible really doesn't draw a specific line, mainly because you know a lot of their women, especially Israel, which is what they lived as, didn't show half their body. I say this all the time. Look, I can't tell you exactly where that line is because the Bible doesn't really say. Your Isaiah 47 does not work. Um, it, no, it, it does not work. Uh, but, you know, I can tell you that it's probably when it comes to modesty, first off, it's referencing the heart mostly. And I think people who are right with God, uh, kind of, the, you can trust the spirit to lead you a little bit there. But also, you know, maybe just not have all your body parts hanging out. You know, that's, that's a good, that's a good rule. You know, that's, you know, we, you can create your own arbitrary lines there, but Again, modesty might be a biblical principle, but it does not specify, and she is not responsible for your lust. And if she moves her hips and you're thinking sexual things, maybe you're the one who has the problem. Like, to mention Laura Daigle, like, she's wearing a stomach shirt. It's like, oh my goodness, it's the end of the world. You can see a woman's stomach. I've never seen a woman's stomach before, have you? <laughs> Oh, I have. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I'm I'm married and just had a daughter. I've seen a woman's stomach before. It's just, it's silly. This It gets so arbitrary. Um, so I think in closing, definitely please make sure you watch part one. Just some of the jokes we're making have some context of part one. But uh, this is an hour video they did, and we are only, what, 37 minutes into it, maybe 36. And it gets so repetitive. Again, it's just one singer after another that he wants to roast about what they're wearing. And we'll have the whole link in the in both descriptions. So you guys, if you want to watch the whole thing, we definitely won't don't want to mischaracterize them. We don't want to take them or quote them out of context. So please check it um, if, if something wasn't clear to what we said. Yeah. Uh, you know, he says at the end, don't get into the wrong crowd of Christianity as well. And we agree, which means avoid the IFB like the plague. Avoid progressive Christianity like the plague. Find biblically-based Christianity that's going to keep you accountable via the Bible, via God, to honestly follow Jesus Christ and the writings of Paul and, and honoring the prophets as well. Like, find biblical Christianity. Find a place that teaches good Bible. And you know what? You don't have to agree on everything. You don't have to agree on everything. As long as everyone there is making a solid effort to try to understand that thing, you can work in unity with each other. Mm -hmm. You know, I think there are certain groups that have are closer than others, and I think there's some groups that are very far away. Uh, I have a lot of issues, a lot of different denominations. But you know what? Find a place that is teaching Bible and teaching it properly. Avoid the IFB, avoid progressive Christianity. And guys, I hope this was helpful for you. I know many people who follow us, uh, it wasn't ever our intention to get involved like in this IFB hammer, but uh, I guess it's because I was raising it. It, may, it was low it bear. It found us a little bit. <laughs> it, yeah, it kind of found us a little bit. And so, but it allows me to kind of show um, the issues in it. So I hope this is encouraging for you. I hope this also shows exactly what it is, exactly what the problem is. So, I mean, I, I kind of feel bad because Pastor Nathan Rager is uh, like the first man to go into the scope. I'm sorry, once you attacked uh, RFP guys as w wives, I felt uh, you were, if you could, if you were man enough to attack women, you're man enough to take some rebuke. So, um, Anyway, I, I honestly, guys, I want this podcast to be encouraging. I want this podcast to be a place, though, of truth as well. And sometimes we have to encourage each other with truth, which means sometimes we have to say things that make you uncomfortable. We have to say blunt things. We have to be straightforward. We can't just sit there and always beat around the bush and be kind and polite like, oh, well, you know, I think he just misunderstood. No, he's wrong. 
He is wrong and he is, he is a false teacher. And he even says that because if someone doesn't hold the King James, he can't call him brother, which means he is turning, he's taking the body of Christ and he's shrinking it down to his own view, which he's going to be, I think, very surprised when he goes to heaven one day. Guys, yeah, Paul was very King James only. I remember that definitely being mentioned in his epistles. Uh, it's just, it gets silly. Um, check out our King James onlyism video if you want, uh, our, not video, our, we have a whole playlist. You might want to watch it from part one. It'll, it's a long, but it'll be helpful. But guys, thank you for supporting the church split. Thank you for being a part of this. Like and subscribe if you haven't already. And guys, share uh, share this around. If you want more of this kind of content of him, of instead of going topical versus topical or interviews, which we do a lot of, uh, if you want more of us just rebuttaling things, like just sitting here responding, let us know. Thank you guys for watching. God bless and take care. Thank you for tuning in to The Church Split.